Welcome, I am Aaron. And I'm Gabe. This is the We Talk About That podcast. Where we talk about anything and everything. Uh, hey Gabe, how's it going? <laughs> it's going alright. I'm excited about the topic today. <laughs> We've got a little bit of a curveball for you all today. We had some other stuff lined up. And then before we were recording, we let our nerdy side of both of us come out and we were like, oh, well, we totally got to talk about this today. Yeah, and uh, we have to. We have to. Gabe, why don't you tell them what it is? Well, I guess <clears throat> it kind of started with this little show that came out recently. Um, we both watched it. Uh, it's Over the weekend. Obi-Wan. Yeah, basically. I watched it twice, but the... Uh, the Obi-Wan series on Disney got us kind of, uh, we, we mentioned that we both had watched it and then we just started geeking out, nerding out on Star Wars. So yeah. we just decided to make the episode about it. You guys are in luck because we were going to talk about like, I don't know, mortgage rates or something like that. So hopefully yeah. this is more exciting. Yeah. And uh, I did mention I was coming off a cold. It's still, I'm getting some sniffles, but I have some some reoccurring sinus stuff, and I know I've I've compared myself or my voice to Voltron or Optimus or whatever in the past. I changed that now. In the yes. light of our nerdiness, I cough and wheeze like General Grievous. I do. <laughs> See, I'm getting used to it. I didn't even ask you how you were doing today. <laughs> That's all right. But I guess we got the update. You're doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I was actually gonna start talking about general grievous before we hit record but now that i brought him up let's talk about him do it <laughs> i mentioned that what did you i don't know you said something and it made me think well you know general grievous wasn't always just a he wasn't like a robot and you know in the, in the star wars movies he's like a a cyborg you know mm -hmm. he's got he can split his arms into four different appendages and wields all these lightsabers uh it's actually because i'm pretty sure and i'll do a little bit of fact checking on myself here um, Count Dooku went to his home world and I think like annihilated a lot of his species, including his family. And he made him incredibly angry and used his anger and, and, uh, how he was feeling at the time to actually, you know, use that to Count Dooku's benefit. Yeah. It seems like that guy, like he's pretty much like a brain and eyes and he's got a heart and maybe some lungs. Heart, that was kind mm, of, yeah lungs i think that so that's it that's what <laughs> i got it right <laughs> yeah i think so and i mean the only thing we have to go off is obviously he's got eyes and you can see a little bit of flesh under his mask but actually it's i don't, I don't think it's actually a mask i think that is um his, it's his face yeah Sorry. it's his face it's his robot face his cyborg face now no i think it's bone isn't it, it uh, you might be right it could be bone it looks like, I mean, it seems like he had little metal ear things on the side, but you're right. That honestly could be his face. That's just bone. That's actually extra creepy. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, the only thing that we really have to go off is, you know, what he looks like. And the most revealing part about how he actually works or how much of him is robot or uh, android or not is when uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi famously shoots him after tearing apart his chest. <laughs> Yeah, with the disintegrator, right? <laughs> yeah, he just like starts on fire on the inside and fire and plasma shoot out of his eyes. And then, I don't know, does he, I think at that point, Obi-Wan then 
does the Spartan kick, kicks him off the ledge? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he just collapses. Obi-Wan then throws the, the gun at the blaster side and something about so uncivilized because the Jedi hate blasters. They think that cutting people apart with lightsabers is more civilized. That's right. Well, I, I think that, that I think that blaster is a disintegrator, I think, just based on the effects, because we don't really see that happen with a lot of other blaster shots. It's like kind of localized, but he shoots him like three or four times in the chest, and then Grievous just kind of all of his flesh burns up, but his robot body stays. I mean, nothing right. happens and that, to that. And that wasn't a Republic blaster, because if you think mm-hmm. about it, where he was going, he was dropping in on a secret meeting yeah, with the uh, Separatists. So there was no, there was no clones or, yeah, you know, exactly. otherwise, right. yeah. So whatever weapon he picked up had to have been from General Grievous's uh, separatist forces. I interrupt you on Grievous, though. You should keep going for the the description. Did you have more there? I was trying to find it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, General Grievous. Here Maybe it's a good thing I interrupted. Kalish. Kalish. The species is actually called Kalish. Hmm. Interesting. Who has mastered all forms of lightsaber combat under the tutelage of Count Dooku. I mean, that seemed like kind of a joke when they had it in the movie, because all he did is just spin his arms around really quickly. The four lightsabers. <laughs> Super effective. I, I mean, I guess. Although, like, Obi-Wan just had the one lightsaber and seemed to be able to beat him pretty easily. But... Well, that was, I think, at the time throughout the movies, his like second or third time actually encountering encountering him. Right. But all the yeah. other times were always like when they were on his ship and they had all of his droids and he used force fields to trap him and all that stuff. So I think this, uh, you know, him dropping in on a secret meeting, then I and I don't remember how they figured out about it, but um, I guess was probably him saying, "Well, this is where I can really even the playing field without his little gimmicks." Mm-hmm. And he still had some gimmicks <clears throat> with the, the four lightsabers. <laughs> with spares to come. If you notice on some of the scenes, he opens up his cloak and he's got like five more lightsabers hanging there. Did he really? I didn't notice yeah. that. Cool. He's uh he's very known in the lore for being a Jedi hunter. Ah. Collects the lightsabers of his fallen victims. That's pretty cool. Okay, here it is. Um, oh, okay. So actually, I was wrong. It wasn't Count Dooku who did this stuff, but um, they 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 gave his original name. I couldn't f- f- pronounce it. If you want, but I can try. It's Kaimin Jai Shalal. Yeah, who grew to despise the Jedi for causing the plight of his people. After being mortally wounded in a ship crash, he was saved and rebuilt as a cyborg by Count Dooku. So I was half right. Pretty close. How dare I not be so nerdy? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if we got but, any uh, super nerds listening, they're very upset with you. <clears throat> I know, I know. I'm going to feel that. <laughs> um, but let's start out with the new Obi-Wan show. And yeah. I kind of feel bad by doing it, but I, it's not like we're going to do a full blow by blow. But for anybody who hasn't seen it, Hit pause now, turn it off, go watch it, and come back and listen to this episode if you're yeah, one exactly. of those people. I personally love spoilers because I'm like, oh, man, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to watch that. Not, mm-hmm. oh, fuck you. <laughs> right. I'm kind of with you on that, too. Yeah. So, spoilers. But, uh, yeah, spoilers coming. 
and I don't really know how I would signal for you to you just put it in the description or what time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I could. You just I put could. it in the description and say like we're just gonna be spoiling the whole dang thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So if you don't want to be spoiled in the description on this episode, I will put it what time we relatively stop talking about the new show until you want to watch it, or you know after you tell you after you watch it. Um, I can't promise that we won't meander around and touch back on some of this stuff though all right where you want to start yeah uh how what did you think of it i mean gosh i absolutely love it i'm kind of a obi-wan fan um in particular i just like i I read a bunch of um books about his training when i was like 10 or 11 years old so i really got into that obviously watched the movies but he kind of He's always been one of my more my favorite characters. So this, I was really excited, and I wish they had come out with this sooner. Um, it almost seems like uh, in the timeline, it actually would have made sense to come out with this first before almost any of the other ones. Um, you know, all the other spinoff series that we've seen with the solo, and then even like some of the movies. Because um, it kind of, it picks up, it basically does a recap right at the end of uh, episode well, it does a recap of all episodes one through three. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess. Because they show the, the marriage scene between Anakin and Padme on on the boo a little bit. Yeah, they do a little bit of recapping. And it, honestly, like when I first started watching it, I was like, I know all this already. And it was like yeah. for five minutes. I'm like, come on, this is not a long episode. You need to stop wasting my time <laughs> with recap. <laughs> yeah, I agree I with that. I want pure new content. They could have They could have done away with that for sure. Um, but you know, I mean, for people who haven't seen it, cause it's been many years since the episode three actually came out, you know, they might not quite pick up on all of it, but yeah, they, they could have done away with that recap for sure. Um, well, so I think they were also trying to solidify in people's heads cause there's so much star Wars content coming out now where they're like, okay, great. Obi-Wan. That's cool. But they might not know the whole timeline right so they're just trying to solidify mm. this is after episode three and after the recap they literally open up with 10 years later so they're just really yeah. trying to make make sure you you know at at what point in chronology of star wars lore or yeah universe so, that we're at i know that was a big deal with the mandalorian as people just had no idea when it was supposed to be taking place um mm-hmm. like with baby yoda people are hypothesizing that that was actually baby yoda and stuff like that so so I, I think that was probably their attempt at just, uh, yeah, doing exactly that is setting up the timeline. Um, but it also kind of, it, it, um, reemphasized kind of the relationship between Anakin and, uh, Obi-Wan a little bit more. So I think they're mm-hmm. setting us up for that big encounter at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, cause that's the, the timeline really focused in on Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. So, I, I mean, I think that's what this series obviously is really going to be about. They're gonna, they better, they, they've got to redo that battle on uh, Mustafa again or something like that. Mustafar. Yeah, because that's where uh, I believe Darth Vader has one of his, like, castles there. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think they... isn't uh, Mustafar actually pretty linked or it's got a strong connection to the dark side? I guess I don't know that, but it definitely, I I could, it makes sense why he'd have it there just for, I mean, that's where Obi-Wan beat him and freaking he killed Padme pretty much. 
And also, then, um, I, oh, go ahead. I've seen quite a bit of speculation that if that's not the case, I've also seen people argue or state out that, well, that's the planet where he got cut down on by his old master. So it's kind of a reminder of of his past to kind of fuel his rage and keep him exactly keep him hurtled into the dark side. And that's what he, I mean, he's in constant pain too in his suit just from mm-hmm. those wounds. And it's kind of half the emperor is trying to keep it that way, like intentionally make his suit more uncomfortable. I think I probably learned this from you because you're more into uh, you that. Might but... have. I've also read that too, where Palpatine specifically designed the suit in a certain way where even though he'll be a really powerful uh, Sith or, you know, Dar- you know, his name is Darth Vader, but that's a title. Um, even though he'd become really powerful and really effective against anybody he fights against, uh, likely he would not be able to overcome the physical limitations within the suit. So kind of a strategic thing on Palpatine's part or Darth Sidious's part to ensure that if he ever tried to overthrow him or kill him, he would likely not be successful. Which is kind of exactly what happened in Return of the Jedi, isn't it? I mean, the Emperor died or, you know, stopped, either electrocuted him and fried his suit, which is kind of what you'd think. But also, um, he just stopped keeping him alive at that point. And, you know, Vader just can't survive very long without the Emperor's um, force powers keeping him alive. Maybe just an alternative hypothesis, but anyways, it's on. Yeah, it's castles on Mustafar. We saw that. Uh, um, uh, what was it? Was that Rogue One? They showed a scene. Uh, yeah, we saw that in Rogue One too. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where uh, <clears throat> Admiral Adm- is he an admiral or is he a general? I don't know. Gosh, Krennic. I don't... His name is Krennic. He goes there and tells him something about how like whatever plan that Darth Vader had like failed or wanted. He wanted Darth Vader to make sure everybody knew that Krennic was the one who led the research for this new, like, big... Is that That's when they were creating the Death Star, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and he wanted to take credit, and that's when he says, you know, don't choke on your aspirations as he's walking away. And he chokes mm-hmm. Krennic as he's walking away. Yep. It's a great scene, because there's just fog all across the floor. It's kind of dark. Yep. <clears throat> Love it. So hopefully we get to see some more Mustafar. Maybe even Obi-Wan going there and having another showdown. Yeah. Because not necessarily starting at the beginning of the Obi-Wan show, um, up until this point, these last 10 years, Obi-Wan did not know that Anakin was still alive via Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Because remember, he he cut him down and left him to burn on the side of that, that lava river. And he, you know, he immediately went into exile and he didn't know that Palpatine found him and put him into this tin can. That's so crazy. That really blows my mind that, <clears throat> like, how how could he not have known with 10 years? Like, what was Vader doing? Had he, is that what they're showing? Is that he's been kind of in stasis this whole time? Or No, I think uh, he hasn't been in stasis, but I think he rarely actually goes out on his own right. to fight the Jedi. He uses the Inquisitors, which you see a lot mm. of in Obi-Wan so far. Okay. Um, and if and if you've watched uh, Rebels, which I have not seen, Rebels or is it Clone Wars? There's another Star Wars series where you see quite a bit of the Inquisitors. Okay, so 
Basically, but, Vader's just kind of using the Inquisitors to do his dirty work, and he's not really out there doing a whole bunch. Yeah, so I mean, that's why maybe very rarely, but... Okay. Um, also, you know, Obi-Wan's been living under a rock. Yeah, that's true. Quite quite literally, he's in a cave. Yeah, in a cave. <laughs> I love that. And, oh, that... Oh, sorry. Go and ahead. all he does, they they kind of they kind of hammer this in in the show. Um, with a repetitive, he goes to work where they're cutting up. I don't remember the name of it, but those really big. Uh, they're like sand sharks. Yeah, I didn't know what that was the first time I watched it through. I I didn't really. I mean, I understood that they were harvesting it, but then the second time I watched it through, you can actually. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like a it's mm-hmm. like a ray or something on its side in the desert. Like yep. harvesting it for sushi, you know, it kind of yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, the way he yeah, like, he just wraps got a job the piece up, up food for minimum wage, and then he goes to his cave, and then uh, occasionally creeps out on Luke Skywalker, <laughs> which is also is, really you know, creepy. A ten-year-old boy <laughs> that just kind of adds to the whole like child stalking vibe I got with this. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not creepy unless you really think about it. But he's just that's all he does in his spare time is go out and like set up in the hills and just watch Luke Skywalker. It's kind of yeah. weird. It brings him that toy, um, that little uh, Skyhopper thing that you see him with. Is that what it was? Four. Yeah. The one I was going to ask, because um, you're talking about when Obi-Wan leaves that at the Skywalker homestead. Yep. Yeah, because you see yeah, Luke yeah. with that same toy in episode four when he's cleaning up C-3PO. After he buys him off the Jawas, and he's like flying oh, around that same starship. That's a good catch, man. I haven't, I didn't recognize that. Yeah, I don't know why I caught Cause, that, but because uh, after that scene, Obi Wan's in town, and Luke's, you know, dad or or no, it's his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, meets Obi Wan in town and gives him it back, and he, you know, tells him to stay away and whatnot. Yeah, which means, I mean, either he gets it back or he gives it to um, Luke at some point or that was just uh, like an Easter egg thing for us to catch. But yeah. either way. Well, it was in a bag. You know, I, I couldn't see it very well. <laughs> I think I think it's probably because we just rewatched all of the Star Wars episodes <laughs> recently. So, Oh, perfect. I should do that. Yeah. Yeah, we had a but, marathon. Uh, yeah, so... It seems like the Inquisitors are going out and they're following these leads about hearing about Jedi and stuff. And it seems to be what their their main tactic is. They'll go into a town on whatever planet. Obviously, this one happens to be Tatooine. Um, and they'll do this big horse and pony show where they talk about, oh, the Jedi can't help themselves. They want to help. And then they'll literally just try to kill a guy in town hoping that any nearby Jedi will be like, no, stop. You can't do that. And that actually ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did a similar trick to try to get Obi-Wan out too. Right. Yeah. So um, on that, so the inquisitors, I got to know, you probably know, but I'm assuming it's the case that we had that opening scene with the uh, younglings escaping the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. which just seems <clears throat> overly gratuitous. And just, I, you know, like, why would they do that unless, unless these, um, are these Inquisitors, those younglings? Is that the idea? No, no. I think that was still just a, 
they were they were showing what looked like what was happening at the Jedi Temple at the very beginning of uh, Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. So I don't. That's that's before the ten year thing. Now, and, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not saying that those kids became the uh, Inquisitors. Are they but just if they escaped, they escaped, those are Jedi that they would be concerned about. Okay, so they're basically that's you know one of the <clears throat> Jedi that they he was on Tatooine as well with Obi Wan. So that may have been one of the younglings, or it's just they're kind of showing that there's more Jedi out there. I think it's just showing that there's more Jedi. Okay. Um, but what I do know is that the Inquisitors are often uh, Jedi that had turned dark after Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them, I think, and then some of them are just Force sensitives that the re- you know the Empire or Darth Vader alone uh, trained. Right. Not necessarily as apprentice, but just you know. For sensitive hunters. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, I I don't know. It seemed like there was they were calling themselves the it might have just been their ranking, but like first through third or something like that. Yeah, like I mean, fifth was... brother, first sister, or mm-hmm. third sister. Then there was Grand Inquisitor. Right. And you see oh. the Grand Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels, I believe. Yeah, it's been so long since I've watched those. I just don't remember. I need to go back and do that. Yeah, I mean, in the in the animated series in which the Inquisitors show up, you do see um, the Grand Inquisitor and the other ones. Um, but they, you know, it's animated. The Grand Inquisitor, he looks a lot more thin and slender, but they got the face down. You know, it's pale white. That's kind of the style with the Clone Wars too, right? Like all it seems like all the characters just tall, slender. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe art I, style. I, I just yeah, it's the art style. Like I just went back and watched like the first episode of of that, and I, I did note that they're just kind of tall and skinny. But um, but uh, what did what did you think about Leia? Leia. Hmm. Yeah, because we see so we see at points in the show scenes of Leia on uh fuck I'm blanking out of the name Alderaan thank you and then obviously you see Luke on Tatooine as we've been saying Mm -hmm. yeah we obviously see more Leia too though it's like Luke we only kind of see him in the distance through Obi-Wan's perspective but then Mm -hmm. they break in and they actually show like um Leia just getting up to antics and just kind of being rebellious and running around the woods and whatnot um She's very much I, like an uh, yeah. Arya Stark kind of character. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I really, I thought it was just, it was pretty good. Because it was just kind of a contrast between, you know, like Luke's upbringing, which we kind of knew more about just from... Um, Frugal as a moisture farmer. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing. But we knew nothing about Leia's upbringing. So this is kind of like the backstory and mm-hmm. it's interesting. I like it. I mean, it seemed good overall. I could have done without the, the new little uh, uh, drone flying um, uh, droid, though. But, you know, that's fine. I can't remember fine. what she called it. Um, I don't remember either. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like 
It's like Leia's version of like C uh R2D2. It's just a little flying drill that hovers around with her and squeaks at her. Mm-hmm. Which it got wrecked pretty quick, so that's good. <laughs> it's not I mean, because they, they seem to kinda want to do that with every new iteration is just have another a draw or a droid sidekick that somebody's got. It just seems a little much. I mean Well, you know, in a intergalactic multi species technological universe, I, I they're probably a dime a dozen. Why wouldn't you use them? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, too. Yeah, exactly. I guess if you look at it that way, because it's like um, she gets in trouble for running away or whatever, and her uh, the, the queen comes out and, like, takes it away, just like you would take, like, a tablet away from a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of see it as, like, the Star Wars version of having a Furby. If Yeah. Maybe I'm dating myself there a little bit. But... <laughs> a little bit. No, that's... That... It makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly. It's just like a, it's a companion, basically. It's like having a pet, except it's robotic. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. I really didn't have any complaints overall in this whole in this whole show. So, which usually the only complaint I, do... I have is that you don't get to see Darth Vader yet. Well, okay. <laughs> the last like five seconds of episode two, you see Darth Vader floating in a back to tank. Right. And it's it's right when it's when Obi-Wan finds out that he's still alive and then he calls out Anakin's name. And I'm assuming it's through the force that he's saying this as well, mm-hmm. which is why they go to that scene. And then you see the pale white unmasked face of Darth Vader and he opens his eyes and they slowly pan out and you can only they only end up going down to like his torso. But I'm yeah. assuming that's at the moment when. One, Darth Vader is like, okay, so he is alive. And two, like, well, you're reaching out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Oh man, that whole that whole scene at the end was so epic because you you didn't really know that Obi Wan didn't know that Vader was dead, and then he's just like totally kind of uh, shell shocked and just surprised and just yeah for the the last like five minutes of the show, and it closes out with Vader in the back to tank. It was epic well, man so i don't think that after episode three the empire really like i don't think a lot of the generals meet darth vader a whole lot and they don't necessarily say oh here's darth vader he used to be anakin yeah they don't necessarily do that because i know in in star wars rebels i keep on referencing a show that you don't know yeah <laughs> i know it's kind of t- but tough. even ahsoka at some point who's in that show um, she's fighting Darth Vader and she doesn't know it's Anakin until she nicks his mask and she can see one of his eyes. Hmm. That's, man, I need to see that. No, that actually makes a lot of sense because, yeah, why Why would anybody, even if they knew about Darth Vader, um, nobody would have put the two together. I mean, it just could have been another uh, apprentice, just some other Jedi out there, or Sith, yeah. I should say. So they wouldn't, nobody would know that. The only person you would really yeah. know is uh, the Emperor. And then I feel like the Obi-Wan saw the clip of um, the Emperor, like basically telling Anakin to go out and take down the temple. He says like, rise Lord Vader or something like that. So I feel like that's a plot mm-hmm. hole. I swear Did that happened. Did he actually happened. say that? I yeah. thought he said, go to Mustafar. 
Maybe. And he says, rise, my apprentice. Well, he does that. There's like, they show that clip in the movie, but then they show like a hologram version when Yoda and Obi-Wan break back into the temple to turn off the, the homing message. So first of all, he watches, um, he sees the clip of Anakin killing the younglings. But he, but he did that before he cut him down on Mustafar. Yes. Yeah. But um, basically after, after, um, Mm, gosh, I, I swear, maybe I'm having a, a faulty memory there, but I swear there's a hologram clip of the Emperor telling Vader to, because after um, he kills Mace Windu in the the Senator Palpatine's chambers, yeah. then Anakin basically gets his little red eyes and kneels down and says, you know, whatever, I'll be your apprentice. And then uh, the, the Emperor says, rise, Lord Vader, and whatever go do whatever you know but <laughs> i'm sorry i'm trying to remember i must have made i know i know obi-wan sees the hollow recording with yoda mm-hmm. of him killing the younglings right okay well then so he then chases nobody knows Mustafar, and then the last thing he sees of him i think is just him cutting him down okay yeah so nobody knows that he's vader then right and I can't remember what book or what I've seen. It might've been in rebels as well, but it's like, there are rumors, like even, even for like the empire soldiers and stormtroopers, I think you kind of hear them like rumor about some dark new enemy called Darth Vader. Right. But it's like, nobody, it doesn't go widespread. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense than why Obi-Wan would just have no idea. Yeah. Um, also, you know, he's trying to mitigate communicating with people and doesn't, you know, he's just talking to people on a planet that nobody goes to. Mm-hmm. That's um, all by design, too. Like, he buries his lightsabers out in the desert and just is trying to stay out of trouble. You say his lightsabers. I'm uh, pretty sure one of those was Anakin's. Anakin's. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. that's the one that he gives to Luke, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, hey, there's a sorry. There's a question here. I'm looking at some forums. Did Obi Wan view the security recording of Anakin kneeling before Palpatine, pledging his allegiance and being christened at, by the Emperor as Darth Vader? <laughs> um, I'll, just you, you go ahead. I'll keep reading this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that did happen, but that that happens before he cuts him down and presumably kills him. Okay. So I don't think that but, would lead. Obi-Wan to think that he's still alive because he doesn't know that Palpatine went and picked him up. But then if he ever heard rumors of Darth Vader out there, then, you know, you'd think he'd be suspicious. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then... But he was living under a rock, you know, so that can explain it too. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Might Mm -hmm. be a little bit of a pothole. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but as, as we both saw and both commented off stream off recording uh they do a really good job at making sure it it mentally and well not necessarily physically you know they wear robes as jedi anyway but he you know he's just he's just a desert dweller and he's he seems to like have lost confidence in himself and yeah so there's a lot of mental instability there as well yeah that comes into play when the uh senator organa and his wife ask him to rescue Leia when she gets um, captured because 
Yeah, she gets kidnapped in this one of the episodes. For mm-hmm. sure. And he's yeah. Obi-Wan just like, oh, I'm not the same guy I used to be. It's been 10 years and find somebody else to rescue her, basically. So he's completely yeah. lost confidence in his abilities. And and on that note, too, he tries to, because that was the whole reason he went to, well, half the reason he went to Tatooine is Yoda told him that he would uh, teach him how to communicate with Obi-Wan or uh, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, yeah. And he tries. But you see him trying. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So either he could at one point and he lost that ability or he still has been unsuccessful to do that in the 10 years. And I think he could at one point and he just stopped using the force for so long that he kind mm-hmm. of lost the ability to do that. I think that's pretty likely too. But I think as we're starting to see events start to unfold, even just in through the two episodes here, I think that he's going to start changing his view on what he should be doing. I mean, obviously watching Luke, but um, you know, he's, I think he's going to start, we're going to see him getting a, get a, get a reinvigoration of relying on the force and, and being, you know, as the Jedi are, you know, one with the force kind of thing. Um, I think we're going to see them start to, he's actually going to utilize it at some point, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I keep better because otherwise it's supposed to be a little bit boring, but <laughs> I'll still watch it. No, they, he will. But you saw him kind of struggle too to catch Leia when she fell. Yeah. Like, took him a second. He like barely stopped before she hit the ground. So that's kind of the other piece I was putting together as to he's just kind of lost the ability to use the force a little bit. But yeah. hopefully we see that come back real strong. And you'll note he never even used, he never even took out his lightsaber. Well, he took it out as far as he got but he never turned it on that whole never turned it on yeah. yeah the one thing that i was thinking after you know his they did a good job at making it seem like he was really struggling to actually use the force to stop her from you know falling full impact into the the street below yeah um but the one thing i was thinking is did we ever really see him try to use the force to manipulate objects around him throughout the movies yeah yeah we yeah for sure you um, sure? Yeah, I can think of lots of stuff. I know Anakin uh, does it. He so he, he force throws a couple droids for sure in episode one. Um true. Okay. And then he But is a is a force push different from like a controlled mm, use of the force, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There aren't that many people are screaming right now listening. Like <laughs> All the examples. Um, oh, I see. I thought you meant your kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, the the last thing I want to say about the Obi-Wan show, because I asked you what you thought about Leia, and I was wondering if you were going to pick up on this as well. Yes, she is snarky, but is her childhood snarkiness a manifestation of the Force? Because her cousin gets really rude to her, and then she just says some shit and shuts him up. Yeah. And you know, like Leia's primary manifestation through the Force um, throughout the movies is like she can sense people from, you know, planets away or, you know, whatever. Like when, when I don't know, Luke, when they, they talk at some point through the Force mm-hmm. um, or she does her Mary Poppins things through, <laughs> through yeah. the space. It, you know, she, I know she, uh, in canon, I don't know if Disney called it canon quite, but she did get, she did train with luke mm-hmm. so i would assume she knows how to use the force if we're gonna accept that as canon but 
throughout the movies, you usually just see that she has a really strong intuitive link with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that as her as a kid. And I think that's a manifestation of the force. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. With you on that. Yep. No, I mean, that's why she does so, so well in organizing the rebellion and all that other stuff. It's just, she's got a, that's how she manifests the force. It's, yeah, yeah. And like interpersonal communication. I'm with you on that. Okay, what? So what? What else do we have? We're done with this. Uh, that was the last thing I wanted to say about that. Okay, perfect. Um, so we already kind of said this. Where in the timeline is Obi-Wan? It's 10 years after episode three. But what does that mean? What happens? Okay. It's it's immediately after episode three, but it's before Solo. And you and I talked about this. Who shows up in Solo at the end of the movie? Good question. Via hologram. Oh, hmm. I, I don't know. We were talking about Darth Maul, but what? Uh... It was, yeah, it was Darth Maul. Okay. So we Did know Darth up? Maul is alive at this point. Huh. Yeah. And he, he had he had popped up in Clone Wars. No. Did he? Yeah, I'm almost positive he popped up. He popped up, up in, Clone in Wars. Rebels. Okay. He pops up in Rebels. No. He pops up in both. <laughs> okay. So I know I saw him and so, I didn't see Rebels, so it had to have been the Clone yeah. Wars. Okay. So then my next question is how how does that impact or how does it relate to Clone Wars and Rebels? Like what's he doing in those? In Clone Wars, we I'm trying to remember how he appears because I've seen him in both. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I know he gets like a mechanical legs, but I don't remember what the context of his appearance was or what he did. I don't know. He must have been, and he was obviously like a. He was. You're mentioning. Yeah, you're mentioning me. He was. He was crazy. Um, he got his mechanical legs eventually. Um, and then he had some sort of yep, vendetta against somebody, but I don't know. I forgot about uh, Asajj Opress. It's another one of the kind of an apprentice of Count Dooku's. They believe they were apprentice, but I don't think they. he didn't let any of them meet each other. And I believe... There's even a scene somewhere or something I read in a book where Darth Sidious was telling him, like, be careful with this because, I don't know, you know, it's not typically how it goes in the Sith world. Mm-hmm. The rule of two. Right. But yeah, he uh, he comes back in Clone Wars and he's, is this the one where he's completely nuts? That's what I thought I remember. Okay, yeah. So he's completely nuts. Then he comes up with a with a plan to seize power on Mandalore. He uses the Mandalorian Death Watch, the Huts, the Pike, the Black Sun. He he kind of uses all those, like he manipulates them. So he becomes like this this mob boss. And I think when he in Clone Wars, when he becomes a big enough entity as an organization, as like this mafia. Um, that's when I believe Palpatine takes note of it and he goes, oh, we're going to have to fix that. And he actually meets, he meets Darth Maul one-on-one. And I think that's when he kills his brother because he, he went back to Mother Talzin, the mm. of the Night Sisters. Yes, yes. 
got his brother to join him. Mm-hmm. I think Mother Towson is the one who restored his mind, so took him out of the craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they were doing moderately successful and kind of, in a way, taking control away from the Empire in the outer regions, uh, you know, Sidious was just like, can't have this, and kills his brother, imprisons Darth Maul, and essentially for like the second time taking his his perception of power away. Like in the in the beginning, you know, Darth Maul they promised him to become a Darth, to get him to be an assassin for him. Um he gets cut down by Kenobi, so he's really pissed at Kenobi. And then he makes this this organization and starts getting power and being a ruler, and then Sidious takes that away from him by imprisoning him. Mm-hmm. So Darth Maul is actually he's super pissed at obi-wan and he's super pissed like hates the empire because of what Darth Sidious did to him right we've got to see him we've got to see him in this obi-wan series yeah and i know he's still around at this time period because he's in the rebels which happens um if the timeline graphic i'm looking at is completely accurate i don't know how long or what time frame obi-wan is going to span you know maybe season two is like 20 more years down the road or i don't know luke what what was he like a 17 year old or an 18 year old uh in this series he was 10 in a new hope i mean in the new hope yeah that's that's when that's when that picks up yep exactly yeah he was probably 17 or 16 somewhere in there maybe 18 yeah so so darth maul shows up in rebels and in rebels what he tries to do is uh he tries to recruit Ezra Bridger, who is one of the four sensitives in that show, as his apprentice, because he, you know, he's the, you know, the snake or the devil on his shoulder, telling him that there's a lot of stuff that you don't know, because he's just being trained by a Jedi that almost nobody's heard of outside of Rebels. It's Kanan Jarrus. Ah, um, oh, dude, is is that kid we see in um, this new series, the first episode? Is that freaking Darth Maul's apprentice? What? Um, that force sensitive guy, the the um inquisitors find and kill basically. I don't think so. Okay. I didn't know he had an apprentice. Weren't you just saying that Darth Maul had that Ezra guy was uh, He was trying. He's trying. It's yeah. not him. It's okay. not him. Okay. But essentially Darth Maul's plan was to he had a Sith Holocron and Ezra Bridger Bridger found a Jedi Holocron. And I guess there's some kind of ritual where you can open them at the same time and like it it would allow Darth Maul to see some kind of prophecy as well as locate Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And that's when he learns that he's on Tatooine. Gotcha. So I don't know if we'll see him, if that's when he first learns. And this is after the timeline of Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But essentially, <sighs> he sees some prophecy that says like, the you know the one who will fulfill the prophecy is located on a planet with two sons which he learns is Tatooine and in the end of Rebels he actually finds Obi-Wan there and has a conversation with him and it's almost like I Obi-Wan ends up killing him but before he dies he says something to the effect of let me see I just found it a little bit earlier he is, he essentially says something in the fact like he is going to avenge us. He meaning the prophecy 
and because Obi-Wan's on Tatooine and he's in part of his prophecy, it, he's men- he's mentioning Luke. Mm. So the only thing that Darth Maul cares about that point is like he, he feels relieved that there's going to be somebody who's going to destroy the Empire. Right. I see that part, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, he does track him down to Tatooine. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan kills him. And then, yeah. Basically says, asks him if he's protecting the Chosen One. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Gotcha. And he said, the Chosen One will avenge them. Whoever that is. I think he means his brother. And gotcha. Maul. Maul and his brother. Because at that point, I think he still doesn't like Obi-Wan, but he feels a little bit of reassurance. Because again, like he still either. does try to fight him, and then Obi-Wan kills him again. Or, what well, kills him. Yeah. <laughs> he cut him in half the first time. <laughs> yeah. Kills him the second time. That's could see how he wouldn't like him. All right, so we're definitely going to see that in this uh, this uh, series then, right? Got I, to. Cause... I'm not holding my breath but if we do see him in some kind of way he's going to be kind of in the dark on what's going on galactically kind of like how obi-wan didn't know that darth vader was anakin or Mm -hmm. didn't know he was still alive yep yeah it's for sure i mean because this whole um because was that in that was in star wars rebels right yeah yep so that is that made by disney as well they've got to own that at this point right it is, yep. Okay, so it's basically canon at this point, so it has to happen in this Obi-Wan series. Yeah. So that's that's how they're going to end season one, I bet. And then I think... So I know the story of Ahsoka is something that they've basically said they're, they've greenlit. I don't mm-hmm. know when it's coming out. And I I don't know where in the timeline it's going to be. Because it, it has to be... Well, no, it doesn't have to be. She's around in Rebels. She's around in the last... Um, no. Where did we just see her? The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. So sometime between... Well, I mean, it could ostensibly be sometime after Clone Wars, too. Because mm-hmm. that's when she leaves the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, because she was falsely acclaimed, uh, accused of. I can't remember what they accused her of. Yeah, I don't remember. But either. then, even even after they got to the bottom of it, and they were like, "Okay, you didn't do it," she's still like, "But you guys didn't trust me, and that's not the kind of people that I want to yeah. represent." Yeah, she's around a long time. I mean, from yeah. episode two until past the Return of the Jedi, so. It could be anywhere. Yeah, because she she would have been around episode two. We don't actually see her, but the Clone Wars is in between episode two and three, and she's like Anakin's apprentice because he's a knight at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that show could basically take place anywhere. I mean, the, probably the biggest. Um, it it would probably happen after the Mandalorian, right? If we were looking at this timeline here, that's kind of like the the biggest space. Oh. I kind of I pulled up another one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it just has a card for the logo. It doesn't have a timeline for her. But so like that's the logo is the same. Where does it where does it show it is taking place? There's no actual line that's drawn. Ah, gotcha. It's just a card because okay. it says like coming soon. 
So basically they could put her anywhere. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Did we ever leave? Where did we leave off with um, the Mandalorian and uh, Drogu? What's his Drogu was the Grogu Grogu in his training. I don't think I'm actually all caught up on that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, that was another thing that I was wondering. Rogu is in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time that happens in between the Mandalorian and the Force Awakens. Yes. So, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What happens to him? Yeah, because they made, did they make, The Mandalorian was, they made that show after The Force Awakens, I think, right? Or did they make it before? It was after, right? Yeah. So they might not have been able to squeeze him in there, but I'm sure he's around at that time. He has to be because he's a freaking baby and he was around in episode. uh... Well, I've seen speculation that because like Yoda was so old, like his species, they just, they live for a long time. Exactly. I think that he might actually be like 20 to 30 years old. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because he was around he was at the jedi temple um yeah i do i do remember or like 66 so he was a baby then he's still a baby like what is that 30 40 years later and so he's gonna be by the time you get to the force awakens in that new series he's gonna be like a teenager and basically luke dies at which one does he die in? The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi? Yeah. So there'd be nobody for nobody really to train Grogu. But you can see um, uh, Ashoka. Or how do you pronounce Ahsoka, it? Yeah. You could see Just her. take the H out. It's Ahsoka. Ahsoka. You could see her training him at some point. In between um, the Mandalorian and... True. So do you think Ahsoka series. is going to come in the timeline after the Mandalorian? I, I would imagine. You just said so. that, didn't you? Yeah, like that's exactly. Ago. Yeah, that's exactly what I would imagine. I suppose. That's what I was going to wonder. Where do you think it's going to be? Because it could be. I could see it being immediately after she leaves. Mm-hmm. Or it could be spaced out over when she leaves and then goes into Rebels. Or it could be during the t- same time as Rebels. It's just from her point of view. But. They've been hammering the resistance on a lot of these things, you know. Yes, yeah. Rogue One, Rebels. And I I really think they're trying to steer away from episodes one through three because they were so unpopular. So it's like, I don't know if they'd try to put any new show in there. Sure. Um, Well, yeah, maybe they're going to put her in there then. Yeah. Maybe it'll be her Yeah, training. That'd be cool. Yeah, that that's what I would want to see. I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd see anything. I mean, as far as I wouldn't care if they made something that went back to the, the first three episodes, but I just have a feeling they won't. Well, they were talking about creating a, a Star Wars show that was in the High Republic. So this is mm. decades, maybe like 100 years before episode one. Right. It was going to be called Star Wars Acolyte. But I think they, I read somewhere that they confirmed that they canceled it. That's weird. I mean, you'd think that would be successful, but 
I don't know. Maybe. It seems like they're making a lot of stuff like right around just right around the uh, the original series. And then obviously Yeah, the- I mean they yeah, they're just trying to fill in all these other backstories, which is fine. Um but I think because it's all around it's around all the other stories like how you can kind of do this little you know little bit of calculus in your head about well this happens here we don't see this person through this time but we know they're alive because they pop up here like being able to do that in your head and like hypothesize and speculate what those people are doing like giving more information in there i think is really that's what people are eating up right now yeah that's true so i think going back to the the old republic or the high republic I think there's a lot of people that eat that up too, but they'll be like, well, what about Skywalker? Exactly. Oh, come on, dude. They've been doing Skywalker for nine damn movies. <laughs> oh, here. So she was in, it was he's, the. He's just a moisture farmer yeah. who can bullseye womp rats from 100 exactly. yards away. <laughs> um, I found it here. She was in the, the book of Boba Fett. That's where she showed up. She visited oh. Luke um, training Grogu. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've seen Boba Fett. How dare you? Actually, I'll tell you. I haven't seen that. How dare you? I don't know. Well, haven't you seen Rebels? Uh, yeah, I know. It's four seasons and they have like 25 episodes apiece. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly didn't even know about it, the Rebels, until just recently. I mean, I knew about yeah. the Clone Wars, but I didn't know about Rebels. Man, you got to see the book of Boba Fett. So, yeah, I will. I mean, it's not the best thing ever, but at least you get to see, yeah, a few things in there that kind of fill in the gaps, too, like we were saying. And she pops in there, so for sure. Um, And that happens... When does that happen in the timeline? That doesn't... Does that show up on your timeline here that you sent me? The Mm -hmm. Book of Boba Fett? Which one are you talking about? Uh, Yeah, it's right above the Ahsoka card. It's... It's almost like simultaneous with uh, the man. Oh, it does happen at the same time. You're right. Same time as the Mandalorian. So that I, that's gotta be it. So she's going to be training Grogu here after the Mandalorian. Yeah, definitely could be. We shall see. Um, I'm excited. One thing I'm wondering, and I think there's a lot of people talking about it, or maybe there's some sources on it that's already confirmed, but the Mandalorian is, after the return of the Jedi, right? Um, I'm, yes. I'm just walking you through my logic. Yep. It, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do they want Grogu so bad? Huh. That's a good... Well, I mean, because he's... Force-sensitive. He's... No, he's Yoda's illegitimate child. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing I'm kind of trying to walk through is at the point of the Mandalorian, the Empire should be in such a state of disarray. Who is who is telling these people to try to get Grogu? I know mm. Moff Gideon, he only mentions the client. Yeah. He never says my name. So now, the emperor is, is still around. Like, I mean, obviously, right? But like he, he like tells like pretty much nobody mm-hmm. that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Not for another, I don't know. Uh, I read somewhere not for like three and a half decades after the fact. But does that get us to the rise of Skywalker? Or is there a book? Is there? There's probably a book in there that explains it. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
You gotta tell me. But uh, <laughs> no, I oh now I'm now I'm I'm not walking you through. Okay. <laughs> Dang it! You had like, me in suspense. Who, who, who I thought you had answers. Who is it, you know? No, no, no. I don't. Oh. All we know is that the guy who initially had Grogu in the Mandalorian, his name is Doctor Pershing. Okay. He he mentions that. Like some, uh, a lot of his tests are failing. I think he said, like the in in his in his like his lab, there's a bunch of tubes around, and we see like clone, like you know, failed clone stuff. Yeah. Is he trying to create? Is Moff Gideon trying to create just force sensitives to bolster his forces, or is the client anonymously Palpatine? Mm. pulling the strings so he's trying whether to that's him whether yeah whether that's yeah so is he are those blood samples being tested on these these test subjects to try to get some research into giving palpatine the bloods because we know he was cloning i mean he made he made uh ray snoke oh oh he made snoke okay i gotcha i didn't know that so Snoke was still at a mystery. At this point in the timeline, is it is it them trying to use Grogu's blood to create Snoke, or to help Palpatine, or to make Ray? Or yeah, I, so I didn't know Snoke was one of his um, one of his yeah, experiments. He made him. Okay, okay. So and he was that's why he was all deformed and everything. So he was kind of a failed experiment. I, right? I think so. I think so. Although the only the only thing I'm going off of is when Palpatine says to Kylo Ren. I've been every voice inside your head. And as he says that, it starts out as Darth Vader's voice, then moves to Snoke's voice. And then as he finishes it, it's Palpatine's voice. It's deep. It is deep. But does he actually mean I was controlling Snoke? Because I don't recall any part of the movies where he heard Snoke's voice just in his head Mm -hmm. outside of having a conversation with him as a big hologram, hologram. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Snoke, yeah, I Snoke is still a mystery to me. I he like they never really they else you know in the movies they never really explained him, did they? I mean, you just filled that piece in for me that I didn't know, or I, it's speculation, I guess, right? I just kind of remembered, and I don't know if this is accurate. When Kylo Ren is walking through that whatever the hell it is that Palpatine's in on Exegol, because he goes there, he goes there once before. To meet Palpatine after he gets the Sith Wayfinder. Okay. And I think as he's walking through there, there's another whole glut of these giant test tubes with like fucked up looking clone bodies. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could be wrong because I don't I haven't seen that scene in a while, but I think they look like Snoke. I don't remember that scene at all. Huh. I had, yeah, I honestly I'll need to watch that again because I don't remember him meeting Palpatine at all before they uh, he and Ray were battling it out with him. Hmm. So what are you thinking? I I don't know because <laughs> the way that Palpatine survived was transferring his consciousness to a body on. Exegol. Mm-hmm. 
That's... Now, does that mean he did it immediately, which means he would have had that lab set up a long time ago? I don't doubt it because he knew a lot of secrets from the Sith. And that's that's such a long time, you know? It is. He got killed, supposedly, Return of the Jedi. So then yeah. what? He was just around as some sort of force ghost? No, what I'm suggesting is I think he might have had that lab up already. Okay. Okay. So he had like and all the all the fucked himself. up clones are because of imperfect science, mm-hmm. and I think they're trying to use Grogu's blood. Yeah, that to- I'm to with you. Perfect it so he can have a fully functioning body, but it never quite works out. Mm-hmm. And that's how Snoke gets created, and then he finds out about this dyad. Well, he actually didn't know it was a dyad, but he was going to kill Rey mm-hmm. to embody her. Yeah. Or- yeah. Yeah, but she was his his granddaughter or daughter or what, yeah. what was it? Granddaughter, I think. So then who was his son? <clears throat> it gets really weird when you start cloning yourself. It's like... Yeah, I guess. Which, <laughs> well, which generation am I? Is that what it is? Or did he have a son somewhere in there? Like a Snoke is... Yeah, he... Oh, so he had cloned himself. Yeah. Because... I don't think they stated it directly in the movie, but I thought I read somewhere that... She's a Palpatine because one of his clone offshoots like got married and shit. Okay. So it's like not even his Maybe. not even his granddaughter then if it was a clone cuz you know if it was his clone it would just be a genetic copy of him so it would basically she would be his daughter. So how the heck is she his granddaughter and there's got to be more to it than his clone having a kid. Yeah. There's some holes there that I'm not quite figuring out. I never, yeah, I never got that. How she was connected. So I don't know. A quick, quick Google states that we learn that she's a Palpatine and her father was a clone of the infamous Sith Lord. So then she's just like the daughter. What what that upbringing was like? I don't know. (laughs) She's just the daughter. Yeah. And not the granddaughter. I mean, I guess technically, right? I mean cloning it's kind of strange but okay so he had multiple clones and snoke was probably one of them well because yeah it makes sense that he would have multiple clones just they might not be force sensitive exactly so that's why he needed some sort of force sensitive he could very well have stayed in contact with the Kaminoans. yes yep Mm -hmm. and i think somebody pointed out that moff gideon has an is it Moff Gideon or is it Doctor? Per- it's Doctor Pershing. He's actually got a Kaminoan com- insignia on his his regalia or wow. his uniform. That's really <laughs> that's some serious so nerd. He's trying to figure out how to get a force sensitive body. So that's why he needs Grogu because that's yeah exactly because there's really nobody else yeah. who's force sensitive at this time. Right. Oh, and then at some point in the show, I think after Grogu gets. After the Mandalorian, Mando takes Grogu. Mm-hmm. I think one of Pershing's lackey goes, lackeys go, uh, something to the effect of, he mentions M count, and I think we're talking about midichlorian count. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he alludes to that Grogu is the only viable subject. Yep. So that would kind of, I mean, either they don't know about Ahsoka then, because she should be alive at this time, right? Um, uh, during the Mandalorian? Yes. I mean, she is alive, yes. so that would be yep. another candidate. And also, Luke Skywalker's alive at that time, too. 
So, but they might not have as high of levels. Luke Skywalker wouldn't. <laughs> Seems uh, like he would. They never talk about it because it was in the originals before they made up midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So he doesn't have any. You're right. We don't know. <laughs> Luke Skywalker does not have midichlorians because <laughs> they didn't exist. Ah, uh, that's funny. Ah, uh, and Leia too. I mean, Luke and Leia would be there. Um, who else? Yeah, Grogu, and then Ahsoka. Those would all be candidates. And anybody else? Possibly Kylo Ren, depending on when he was born. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there were all the other trainees at that Luke's original academy. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be before or after this. I'm yeah, not really sure. we wouldn't know. So, I mean, it's probably after what happens in... Mandalorian. Mandalorian, but... Hmm. So there's a lot they got to fill in there. And they could actually right, clarify exactly. some of what happens with Rey. Because still, I mean, I've watched the movie like three or four times, and I still have no idea where she came from, even though they like try to explain it. And you did, too. I mean, you did, but it's not obvious from watching the movie that that's what happened. They don't really... It's kind of like a mystery. Oh, my, you know, it's a clone of the Emperor who somehow had an illegitimate child and then hit him away or hit her away on um, whatever the planet she was on. What was it called? Jakku. Oh, so if you actually go further into this article, I forgot to send that to you. Then I'll send you the link. Yeah, the new timeline too. I didn't see that one. This is in Discord, by the way. Yep, gotcha. There it is. Uh, The headline after you actually open it says, confirms why he let Ray's father live. Oh. Okay, this is actually a much better timeline. Why would Palpatine let one of his clones escape? That's we got. Especially since he was later revealed to be a failed clone. Exactly. So he wasn't Force-sensitive, perhaps, right? Because if he was Force-sensitive, then why would he let him escape? He was initially created to be a vessel to house Palpatine. However, Ray's father... Proved incapable of doing so. Mm-hmm. So is this, this? I think this is in the. I think this is in the book version of the story. Is this kind of like a redux of freaking episode one? You know, I mean, because where did Anakin come from? But they never really explain that either. Um, they, they don't explain it. There's a lot of theories. So was the Emperor doing these experiments back then as well? Oh, probably. So maybe he learned. It was he another one of his clones. <laughs> Palpatine's master, Darth Plagueis, knew how to influence midichlorians and people around him to sustain their life Uh from mortal injuries. Yep. And I think, I read the book Darth Plagueis, I think in there somewhere, and I could be wrong, they outline how he's actually trying to create life out of the midichlorians, not just to influence people with midichlorians. Well, it's in everybody, but... Because at that point, what he could do was, if he got grievously wounded, he was able to influence the midichlorians in himself to at least sustain him until he can get back to one of his labs. Mm-hmm. But they, they outlined how he was trying to create a life. Which, and there's a lot of speculation stating that he was the one who created Anakin. Because, what movie is it? That would have to be the case. That explains it perfectly. And that explains why he, from and day one, was trying to mentor him to become his apprentice. If, if you read the book, and 
and you pair up the timeline between the book, he's Darth Plagueis is actually alive in episode one. Yeah. <clears throat> and just the night before Palpatine gives his big induction speech and he becomes the chancellor, he kills his master during a celebration that they were having. Uh, he gives him drinks and allows Plagueis to fall asleep in the penthouse or wherever they're at, and then he kills him. Okay, so is so did that happen in episode two? Because he that's when he takes his like com- uh, complete control of the. I, yeah, I couldn't remember if that's when he did it or not. Because that would have been like but right the, as he tells Anakin the night about before it. he does that speech. Yeah. So then, him like telling this old story to Anakin about how he, you know, his this his master taught him everything he knew. Yeah, he told him the whatever. He didn't say he was his master at that. You're right. He didn't. He he just told the. Have you ever heard the whatever saga of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And he tells him that whole thing. And that was yeah yeah that was like that would have been like the the night after that he killed after he killed him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he tells him the terrible, terrible tragedy. The tragedy where he, yeah. he says <laughs> he had the ability to save those around him, but not himself. Not himself. Yeah, exactly. And then something about yeah, he taught himself his apprentice everything he knew. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Where can I learn this? Not from a Jedi. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was yeah, that was in episode two. I think. Gosh, um, when was that three? The the induction speech where he takes over as chancellor. Uh, he, I know he takes. Yeah, when was it? <laughs> he takes chancellorship in episode two, I believe. Yeah, and then that vote, was his first order. Confidence. Yeah, his first order is to create a grand army of the republic, right? And that's kind of how yep. episode two ends. And that's when Padme goes. That's how democracy ends. Uh, she... in glorious applause. I thought she did that in episode three when he basically gave himself more emergency powers. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. After Count Dooku no, yeah, attacks right. him. I'm and mixing he, up scenes. He declares war on the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think it was that the Empire survived after Return of the Jedi? That's a really good question because they don't really explain that. I mean, the freaking... The first order is just kind of. Yeah, I am not. I mean, happy there's books. That. I've read the books. Are there? Okay. Um, I mean, who would be the power behind it aside from like the admirals and whatnot? Then there's like the moths, right? Yeah. So. Well. It it doesn't actually seem like there was a successor. What actually, what I guess happened was. Um, all like the generals in in the imperial navy and all that they they didn't want to just you know they you you can't feasibly in an organization just cut off the head and expect that the body's not going to do something to take that kind of metaphor so they kind of still just do their own thing they kind of break up into factions they kind of start controlling the outer rim and picking fights or or just ruling a certain planet or region um but during that time there was a, I think at the time he was an admiral. His name was Gallius Rax. It's an interesting. This name. was basically Palpatine's most trusted and personally trained imperial officer. 
Um, who he found in Jakku as an orphaned boy. Oh. And I don't know, meets him and then basically says, come with me on my ship. <laughs> like <laughs> when I was reading that, it was kind of creepy. I'm like, okay, this guy is obviously Palpatine just luring a little boy into the back of his ship. Yeah. But yeah. And then he, you know, he, he teaches him the guile of conversation and scheming and planning and all this. And he becomes an Imperial Navy uh, officer. Um, and then Palpatine actually gave him a secret mission that they called the contingency that Gallius Rax was to execute in the event of Palpatine's death. Mm-hmm. And what the contingency was, was essentially eliminating the dead weight of the Empire. Because if the Empire goes on without the Emperor, he said, I, if, if somebody can rule and it's not me, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he has Gallius Rax basically become the figurehead of the Empire, even though he's only an admiral who then he does get promoted. But he creates this this shadow council of all these other uh Imperial generals creates a plan all the while leaking information to the new Republic. So undermining what he's creating. Okay. Because what his plan is, and I think they mention it in uh, Obi-Wan. Did you, have you, did they mention operation Cinder? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I don't remember where I've heard that before. But Operation Cinder was a plan that Rax was going to use to basically have this faction that he created start assaulting the New Republic forces on various planets, and Operation Cinder was going to be to destroy those planets okay. during that fight. So that's like to the, get rid of the, the dead weight of the Empire yep. and to take out some of the New Republic. So that's like the the First Order, then, right? Or am I got? Uh, well, he also he also bands up some of. Uh, Palpatine's most trusted generals, like the most loyal, groups them up and sends them out to the outer regions of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably to Exegol, where Palpatine was. Well, yeah. That becomes the, yeah. That huge, like they had just hundreds of Star Destroyers and all that, which just kind of made me think the Rebels <clears throat> weren't doing a very good job this whole time because they <laughs> let him just amass well, this huge fleet. Well, and the remnants of the of the empire. Like I said, they were all in the outer rim and they weren't coordinated. They're all doing their own thing. And the inner world, inner worlds, they didn't think there was a problem. Gotcha. So they just kind of let it happen. Gotcha. But, uh, Gallius Rax was not successful in destroying those planets. Like he was going to destroy, uh, Jakku and even Naboo, which is where Palpatine was born. Mm hmm. Uh, but he died on Jakku somehow. I can't remember how, but he did still send a bunch of people into the outer regions of space and undermine the Empire. So he's sort of successful, but... Sort of, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he completed the contingency plan, ensuring that nobody would rule the Empire without the Emperor being there. Right. Yeah, I mean, we saw that kind of happen at the end of the... Whatever, Rises... No, whatever the last... See, I don't even remember their names anymore. The last three, um, The Force Awakens, what is it? The Rise of Skywalker, and then, no, The Last Jedi, The, last the Jedi. Rise of Skywalker. So yeah. The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, we saw that whole fleet there. So, somewhat successful, but 
didn't last very long. Yeah. Once they were found out. Um, and uh, General Hux, you remember General Hux? Yes. His dad was part of this group that were sent out into outer regions of space. General Hux's father was actually the officer in, tar- in charge of retention, but the Empire's retention at that point was kidnapping orphans and, and others alike and train them to be soldiers. Right. We saw that with um, Finn, right? That's what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they... I don't know why they. I don't know why they wanted to get away from the clones as a army. Yeah, it seems like they'd want to go back to that if anything. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they there were some vulnerabilities with the clones, but because that I mean they phased them out too. Um, we saw that around the in this uh, new Obi Wan series too with the that clone was. Um, I don't remember what the plan oh, was yeah. called, but the clone was begging. Because at the, right around that time, they disbanded all the clones and just brought in actual recruits. I was hoping the clone was going to recognize him. Yeah, I know. Me too. I think I think like, we're going like to see. Like it was. Yeah, like I was hoping it was like because in the Clone Wars, you know, uh, Anakin and Obi Wan they fight right next to the clones mm-hmm. and don't just regard them as just a clone expendable number. They actually like call them by their. You know the the clones would give themselves these call signs and stuff like that, and yeah, Anakin and Obi Wan would be friends with them. I was kind of hoping that he was going to bump in. Yeah, I think he will. I think that's going to play a part in the in the story going forward for sure. I mean, gosh, that guy. Um, I don't know what his name is, but the guy who plays the clones and then Jang, uh, uh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. That guy, he is making a killing off of these Star Wars spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. He's just everywhere. <laughs> Now he's doing a cameo, and I just I guarantee you he's going to show up later in this uh, Obi Wan series. Not that's Tamura Morrison. Is that his name? Huh. I guess yeah. I just looked it up. Yeah, that would have been cool if the clone recognized him too. But obviously, all the clones hadn't seen Obi Wan. So yeah, man, I'm excited. So much, so much that they could do going forward here just to kind of explain all these plot holes and questions that I've had for years. So you bring up a good point. Like out on Exegol, he just had seemingly endless amount of ships up in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't in the atmosphere because they their whole theory of taking him down was they they needed that beacon in order to tell him which way was up or to leave the atmosphere. Such a silly premise. <laughs> I, I hated that. I hated that so much. Um, but yeah, and they and they looked like relatively newer models of like the destroyers. Mm-hmm. But you know, Palpatine had a bunch of his little gremlin workers in his lab during the last movie, and they never explained who all those people were. Like they had that whole audience. Um. Like when he confronts Ray, and there's just a whole bunch of people. Like, who who are all those people? <laughs> I I think they were spirits. Oh, really? I think so. Huh? Because they they died and disappeared immediately. That makes a lot more after sense. Actually, Palpatine died. Huh? Or or I think they're either spirits or they were real, but they were like cult fanatics because. 
I think by the tenets of the Sith, what Palpatine was doing was not what other Sith Lords in the past have done. Maybe they were just a bunch of his clones. (laughs) Oh, oh. let's look this up. (laughs) Yeah, so there's the neighbor kids are playing outside my garage, so that's what you're hearing outside. I can barely hear it. Okay. Yeah, because there were so many things about that where they just, like, where did all those, I mean, you you kind of laid that out, where the, the Star Destroyers would have come from, but they had just a whole crowd of people chanting, and, and then they, yeah, like you said, they just kind of disappeared. So, I don't know. Gotta know. I gotta know these things. Big... I just don't know how they can get away with making the movie unless they're doing it for people like us, <laughs> you know, like the, the hardcore fans to look it up or people who've read um, like non-canon stuff or just various side side books. But I mean, you've probably read more than anybody. And if you don't know. Oh, I am nowhere close to have been reading all of the books. There There's so a lot many. out there. Yeah, see, I, so a lot, oh, of, go for it. a lot of people are claiming that they're Sith loyalists that they call the Sith Eternal. Hmm. Apparently, they. Well, I'm quoting somebody in a forum. They said he says, "I believe," but that they live there, they worship the Sith because Exegol is supposed to be the Sith homeworld. Oh, so maybe they made like a pilgrimage there. It didn't seem very homey to me no, but... for a Sith, maybe. Yeah. The unknown regions being unpopulated is a misconception, it seems. Plenty of Sith loyalists who will build things and save Palpatine. Yeah. It is confirmed that they are the same guys who appear during the final battle at the end of the movie. I would assume. Because that's what I was going to say. That like those Another unexplained thing like regarding Sith loyalists is in Return of the Jedi, uh, Palpatine's on the new Death Star, and he tells Vader to go down to the planet and that Luke will come to him. And then he meets with these two weird people. And they never explain that. Like, But they, they look all creepy and Sith-like. And I, hmm. I always thought, because they referenced the Moffs and stuff, but the Moffs are like generals. So these people were probably these same Sith loyalists that you're talking about here. I don't know if you remember that. that... Very vague. Okay. Another person brings up, well, it, and I, you know, I don't seem to remember the exact happenings of the scene, uh, but somebody says, well, in the movie, they made a really good effort to make sure that we saw that those people in the stands were getting crushed by the falling pillars and stuff. So they couldn't have been ghosts. So they must've just been Sith loyalists on the planet, which explains how we had the manpower to create a vast fleet. Right. Exactly. Cause where would, yeah, where would... You'd think somebody would miss all the people too. Yeah, manufacturing those and manning them and doing all that. Um, were those star destroyers even manned at that time? Because maybe that's why they had to. Um, they had that like guidance beacon to have them take off, or was it some other reason? I don't know. That scene just really confused me. That whole thing. <laughs> they might. They might not have been. All the loyalists were just hanging out down there and the ships were just going to be remotely taken off and then manned at a separate time. I I don't know. It's questions like these. I shouldn't have questions like these if they did a good job with the movie itself. 
was pretty disappointed by that uh, last trilogy. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to close this part out, the Obi-Wan watching that hologram. I knew that happened, but it just... It didn't... I don't remember when that happened uh, in the movie. I'll have to rewatch the movie or do some more research, but where he watches the hologram of Anakin and then Sidious calling him Lord Vader. Anyways, I think we covered that enough earlier. Well, he also does say it weird because at this point he's like singed and looks like Darth Sidious instead of Palpatine. So maybe it, maybe the audio tape just didn't quite catch what he said because he says Vader. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's it. It's just this little speech impediment. <laughs> they didn't actually I blame it on you I blame it on Ian McDermott because he's British <laughs> fade like what do you say I don't know <laughs> well you know if you look at the timeline Palpatine's been out there for somebody says 34 years you know 30 years I don't know did you get any answers on the the uh, Star Destroyers or anything like that that's what I mean like if he was out there long enough oh gotcha the territory of the final order is about three times that of the New Republic what? Uh, and the Force Order. Force Order. Wow. What? Oh, the territory, because they're in the outer mm, region. Okay. Which, and it goes back to, you know, uh, the outer regions aren't not populated. They're not pop, you know, there's people out there. Yeah. They're not not so populated. So if they had such a big territory. Yeah. They're, yeah. So. Yeah, that was interesting. Actually, something I never caught until later is when you see at the end of um uh, the end of uh the empire strikes back you got luke on the medical ship with c3pr r2d2 and leia and they're looking out at like that it i always thought it was a forming star in the background but that's actually the the galaxy that's the um, the the galaxy that star star wars takes place in so they're like floating somewhere outside the galaxy looking in at it and then you see like i think they even show like the they call it the rishi maze it's like a dwarf galaxy that's right next to the main one and they reference that rishi maze in episode two when obi-wan meets i think his name is drax that four-armed creature in that cafe on coruscant and he tells them about the clones and mm-hmm. how they're, oh, they're outside the Rishi maze or something like that. Just some random fact that popped into my mind there. <laughs> it's something that like I had seen a thousand times and never put it together. So yeah, there's, there's lots of the galaxy is basically teeming with life. And most of it takes place kind of around the, the, uh, the inner, inner part of the galaxy. But there's all sorts of other things out there. Like, I mean, even Tatooine's kind of what they call it on the outer rim. So it's way out on the edge. And then they've got a whole other galaxy right next door to them. That's all I got. Sat, are we all Star Wars dealt for the day? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so too. We talked about quite a bit. Yeah, we did. Well, I guess but, we'll, we'll take it away then. All right. That's it. We're uh, all ready. To all of you guys. Go for it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. To all of you guys out there listening to this episode of We Talk About That, 
Um, we don't really need to recap because it was all Star Wars. But if you really enjoyed this uh, this episode on Star Wars, the new and the old, um, and you found it engaging and entertaining, uh, we encourage you to mention this podcast to your family and friends. Or you know, if you know that they would like Star Wars, tell them about it. Like and subscribe. Read a leave a comment on our podcast. And reminder: we record weekly, and our episodes post every Tuesday. As always, have a good day and keep that curious mind fresh. Bye, everyone.